This episode of Kidlet These Days is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Safe at home but feeling like you have nothing to read and can't go browse the bookstore? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat your shelf and support an indie too. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Kidlet These Days, a Book Riot podcast. At Kidlet These Days, we are your Kidlet connoisseurs, pairing the best of children's literature with what's going on in the world today. I'm Matthew Winner, alongside Nicole Young, and we are here to have conversations that create opportunities for parents, grandparents, teachers, librarians, and all who love children's books to engage in the world through literature in a deeper and broader way. We are recording on April 12th, 2020. Nicole Young, how the heck are you? (laughs) I am hanging in there, Matthew. How are you? (laughs) Same, same, but different, but same. Yeah, it's, um, where are we? Are we at four weeks as of recording this? I I can't, it's it's blurring and I know that's sort of. New Orleans, we're at, we're at four weeks. This is going to be four weeks today. Okay. That's, that's sort of the conversation that everyone's having is that every day feels like a week and it's hard to tell kind of what day it is, but we're home, we're safe. Um, and it's really interesting to see the way that conversations around health and access continue to change and morph as we get used to being on the new systems of access that we're on. So um, I would say that we are continuing to adjust, but, but there's some hope that we are finding new rhythms. <laughs> yes, uh, there is hope definitely in the midst of all of the crazy. Even on the bad days, there's hope. <laughs> How are um, you doing? Are you okay? I'm good. I'm okay. Um, I, I think we talked a little bit. I, you know, there are you ebb and flow in this this kind of time. Um, and I think what has been highlighted to me, and I guess we're going to talk a little bit about today is how interconnected we really are as human beings, even when we have carved out lives that don't necessarily feel that interconnected, like we are all deeply intrinsically in need of each other. Um, And so I have been feeling that acutely while I've been staying at home um, and missing my people, but also wanting to keep everybody safe. Uh, It's a a interesting time to be alive and to be a human being. It is. It is. It's wild to think that we've done four weeks of virtual school, but it's been wonderful to see the children. And I can report on that end that my kids seem to be smiling and all the kids I'm teaching seem to be smiling. So I think we're doing okay. I don't know that I told you that since, no, around since last time I talked to you, we started a nightly bedtime story over Zoom for all of our students in the lower school. So they are joining me and I'm yeah, I'm reading books to them and poetry. I have um, other faculty members joining to sing songs or to read their favorite books. It's been really, really special. And as you would believe, 
before story time starts, we all get on and everyone's waving and saying hi to each other from across Zoom. And then I mute everyone to read. (laughs) Yeah, right? I mute everyone so that I can read. But when it's time to go, I tell them, okay, I'm going to count down from three and unmute you all so we can all say thank you and good night. And you, I do a three, two, one, and I show them on my fingers that I'm counting it down. And as soon as I click unmute, there's just this cacophony of, <laughs> of good night and bye and good to see you and can we meet on Roblox and whatever. But I swear to you, you can hear the children smiling. And it's, you've it's that created, reminder of connection, as you said. Yeah, you've created a fireside mm. chat, Matthew. That's what you've got going on. That's awesome. Got to look for those spaces. And you better believe it's helping me just as much as I know it's serving all of them. So I'm I'm grateful to have the opportunity to invite faculty members into that space. And just that I get to even, even do it. I'm putting all these great review copies to use, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> We're reading. I'm like, here's another one that's not bound together. Here's another folded and gathered copy. <laughs> I love it. Anyway... So this week, I'm so excited that we are going to spend our our episode together spotlighting essential workers, Mm -hmm. those folks who are out in our neighborhoods across the country, helping to keep us safe, keep us fed, and keep us healthy. Uh, But first, Nicole, do you mind sharing our first sponsor? Sure. This episode is sponsored by Lila and Hadley by Cody Keplinger from Scholastic. Can a lost girl save a found dog? Hadley is angry about a lot of things. Her mom going to jail, moving in with her older sister even though they haven't spoken in five years, leaving her friends and school behind, and she is going blind. Lila is an abandoned dog who spends her days quietly lying around at the local dog rescue. She doesn't listen to directions, play with the other dogs, or show any interest in people until she meets Hadley. Lila and Hadley is an unforgettable story about discovering true friendship, finding home, and the possibilities of forgiveness. Ooh, that sounds like a timely book book right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Do you you know this author? I do not. Ooh, let me tell you a little bit about Cody Keplinger. Cody Keplinger was on the Children's Book Podcast ages ago. Um, She she also is the founder or co-founder of a phenomenal website called Disability in Kidlit. Mm-hmm. She herself has uh, an, uh, um, has an assistant dog, a uh, worker dog. What What is the term? I'm a guide dog. I'm guide missing dog? the term for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and she uh, is a, is a wonderful, wonderful author as well as a great advocate for representation of disability in Kidlit. Yes. Uh, and then this book trailer is online and I watched it before uh, we started recording and got quite teary at this book. <laughs> so, um, yeah, good times. I think I we're all it. a little more sensitive. Oh, man, and, there's been so much you know, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got to just embrace the tears. Ha- they are important for our healing and for our sanity. Yes, and to have books that speak about about comfort and connectedness mm-hmm. is, for me, exactly the kind of stuff I'm looking for. I'm looking for affirmation of relationships. So um, speaking of those relationships, one of the um, inciting ideas for this episode was not only that all the podcasts I'm listening to are pointing back to helpers, uh, but also because Mr. Rogers came onto my mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Mr. Rogers had this um, quote that he always shared from his mom, um, which is, 
um, that whenever there was something, you know, bad going on, our country was at war, or there's um, protests going on, there's things going on where violence is is inciting. Because mom always said to look for the helpers. And so um, that was on my mind, probably in part because there's been a number of uh, books about Fred Rogers coming out. Um, there's one coming out in May called Hello, Neighbor, The Kind and Caring World of Mr. Rogers. And that's by Matthew Cordell, who's won the Caldecott. This is actually the authorized picture book biography of Fred Rogers. But, you know, it's 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 that on my mind, as well as while we're trying to stay home, knowing that there are other people that can't, that are yes. out there putting their lives at risk to help us. Yes, I, um, well, this quote, it's so funny that we chose this as the focus for this episode. This quote makes me cry almost every time I hear it or read it or think about it. Um, ooh, that just hit me in my throat just then. I got emotional. I, um, cause I just think it is, it's such an important thing to keep at the center of your mind when things are hard. Um, and when things are going bad is that there are wonderful people out there helping, um, and then that you yourself have the capacity to be a helper, right? It's like always is something to remember when, it, when it's tough. And I think one of the things that's hardest about this time right now in COVID-19 is that for a lot of us who want to do and help, the really the best way that we can help is by staying at home um, and, and doing our part to like limit contact with other people and keep the people in our lives safe and to keep the people at the grocery store and um, the people who are working in delivery and all that stuff safe. Um, and so I think it's just such an important thing to think about is like helping to point children on our lives to helpers and helping to remind them that they themselves are helpers by staying at home and not going to school, even while they're missing their friends and wanting to be connected, um, that they're doing something that's important. Um, I think it's just such a crucial thing to keep it at, at the front of our minds right now. Yeah. Did you see this week on Twitter? Um, the big push from authors about staying at home. It was hashtag authors take action. And, I did. Um, I saw I did. it. I say I saw it shared in in um, PW. But I also uh, my a, a friend of the podcast and friend of mine, Badma Venkatraman, who wrote the Bridge Home. She and others helped to start this whole thing, and and it just went all over social media. Authors sharing their books and reminding folks to stay home and stay safe. And to find that solace in stories. It's beautiful. I think it's so gorgeous. Um, I also, I mean, we're going to be talking about all of the helpers who are working every day. But I just think it's also so critical for us just to say thank you to everybody who is who has to go to work, even in the midst of all of this. Right. Thank you to the people who are stocking shelves and bagging groceries and the people who are delivering for us and the people who are doctors and nurses and the people who are journalists. Um, it's just Thank you for everything that you're doing, and um, we're going to do our part, and we're going to stay home. <laughs> yes. Thank you for putting your life on the line. We yes. are going to do our part to not take advantage, to see you, to give you thanks, to be grateful, and to to do what we need to do to help um, folks that that work looks a little different right now mm-hmm. to be able to continue to provide for families and also um, to help reconnect people with, with resources as you know, supply chains are getting reconfigured now to, to get, to get all of this stuff to all of us. It is a wild time. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, 
I also, um, as I was sharing with you, listening to these different podcasts and hearing how focus has changed because now everyone's like, well, now I'm recording from my closet or my coat <laughs> closet because, you know, it insulates and it gets a better podcast recording, um, which is funny. But they continue to do great journalism in that there's one podcast that I listened to that I wanted to highlight, Nicole, because it is a podcast from the road. And it's so interesting. It's called On the Road. or I'm sorry, it's called Over the Road. It's a podcast by long distance truckers. Oh, really? That's amazing. And it started, yeah, it's fantastic. It's um, started a couple weeks ago and was just like, we're going to take you on this trip across our country to see how food is distributed and how all this work happens. And it's this host, Long Haul Paul, uh, is his call name, but he's been um, driving big rigs for a long time. Um, And then the social isolation went into place and the staying home went into place and the quarantine went into place. But this podcast continues because because delivery continues. And it's so interesting to hear folks talk about that from from that front line. Yeah. And I think even I think we're seeing right now there's this sh- shift in our society around who we've considered essential workers, right? Like we, I think we have not typically thought of grocery store workers and people as essential. And I think back to this theme of interconnectedness, it's like every last one of us is essential to our society. And sometimes the people who are getting paid the least and have the least security and the least safety in the world are actually the most essential to all of us surviving. And I think that I hope that um, we, all of us, are thinking more collectively about how we support and help and celebrate those people, um, both now as this virus is going on, but after this virus is over, um, making sure that those people are provided for and taken care of and that their families are too, because they're doing, um, like you said earlier, putting their lives on the line for us every day. I love that reminder that some of our most essential workers are also the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but, and this brings me back to my childhood, I can't help but sing in my head that song from Sesame Street, We Are the People in Your Neighborhood. Do you know know I don't know that one, but it sounds beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That we are the people in your neighborhood. Oh. They sing about all the different folks in your neighborhood and the importance of the role they play. And, you know, as a child, I was being reminded of the importance But as an adult, it's sort of profound, isn't it, that now that we are not able to do these things, we have to let someone else help us. And that word essential really takes on new meaning. I do need you to help deliver this food for me or help bring this medicine into these communities that need it most or to these uh, this equipment to these folks that that need it to survive, it is essential, and hopefully this time will will allow us to honor mm-hmm. and and value more 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 visibly those individuals. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Let me take us to our sponsor, uh, and then I want to talk books with you. Book talk. So. <laughs> book talk um speaking of books um <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Dewdrop by kate o'neill from oni press and simon and schuster books for young readers 
Kate O'Neill is the creator of the Tea Dragon Society, which is a fantastic graphic novel series. Uh, and from that creator comes Dewdrop, the delightful children's tale of an easygoing axolotl who enjoys naps, worm pie, and cheerleading. <laughs> when the yearly sport, <laughs> I know, right? When the yearly sports fair nears, he and his friends get ready to showcase their skills to the whole pond. However, as the day of the fair gets closer, Dewdrop's friends can't help putting pressure on themselves to be the best. It's up to Dewdrop to remind them how to be mindful, go at their own pace, and find joy in their own achievements. What a timely book for now, <laughs> am I right? It's so good. I love it. Go at your own pace. Be I mindful. Things... Oh, I love it. The lens, it is a blessing. The lens through which our circumstances are causing us to see the world. Mm -hmm. When I was helping to put this book list together with you, I I gotta say, some of these books that I've known for a long time that I thought, yeah, these books are really important, have, again, profound value to me now that they are read to children, that they are shared, and that they incite conversation with yes. parents and grandparents and family and teachers. So... Let's get into our book talking segment. Remember that uh, those of you listening, you don't need to ever, ever take notes. You can find all of our notes at bookriot.com slash listen and find episode 27 of Kidlet these days. Um, we also would love for you to share other books you want to add to this list using hashtag Kidlet these days anywhere on social media. And if there's uh, books you want to recommend or a topic, a focus that you want to make sure we cover in the future, email us at kidlitthesedays at bookriot.com. And with that, Nicole, I'm going to ask you to start us off. So I wanted to highlight uh, an author in both of his, two of his books, um, Matt De La Pena. I think his books are a gift to the world. Um, but I think similar to what you were saying, Matthew, they take on new light in this moment, right? In, in COVID-19. Um, and he does a beautiful job of talking about working class families um, with such love and such care um, that I just wanted to highlight his book. So the first one is Last Stop on Market Street, and it's the author is Matt De La Pena, and the illustrator is Christian Robinson. Um, and this little boy and his, his grandmother, they take a bus every day, and so they greet the bus driver, who's a really sweet man. Um, and I love that because bus drivers are also essential workers and people who are taking care of us right now. Um, and it talks all about this bus ride and all the people that they see on the bus ride. And then at the end, um, they end the book you know, at the, sh the shelter, um, giving food to people who need it. And it's just such a beautiful book because the little boy is like kind of complaining the whole time. It's like, why do we have to do this? Why don't we have to go here? Um, and the book is just highlighting the beauty of the people who are on the bus with them every day. Um, and the beauty of this this thing where they're sharing and giving to their community at the end of the book. So I love Last Stop on Market Street. Um, but then I also love Love, which is his other book. Um, and it's written by Matt Pena, and then it's um, illustrated by Lauren Long. Have you read Love, Matthew? I have. I have uh, read Love. It is the, the picture of the, I can't remember who it is, the two individuals that are on top of the trailer. The words the that happen in the, oh, Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know that book. Oh, it's oh, so yeah. beautiful. So mine, the one that kills me and I think is relevant to this time, there's um, there's these two kids looking out the window as their parents get on the bus to go to work. And it says something about like love is in um, 
the burnt the burnt toast that they left you or something like that as their parents go off to work and I just that book that image was so poignant right now I'm thinking about all of the children whose parents have to go to these essential jobs right now and who they are loving them um, and they're taking care of them by going to work even in this really hard time um, and so I, I just think it's such a beautiful um, honoring and reflection on on love and what it looks like um, for in, in working class families and in all families, um, but specifically working class families, because we don't often see a lot of love and care um, showered on them in children's literature. And I um, I just think that his books are gifts and I, I would recommend both. That's a wonderful suggestion. Have you seen uh, Carmela Full of Wishes, which is the next book that Matt and Christian did together? No. Yeah, the book opens with uh, folks working in the field. Um, it's about a girl who, um, who it's her birthday, Carmela, and so she's finally old enough to go with her brother to on these like errands and to the to the market into the um, laundromat, and it's it's really sweet. Um, the book I want to highlight next is *The Paper Kingdom* by Helena Kuri. It's illustrated by Pascal Campion. And it's a story that is semi-autobiographical about uh, for Helena, um, about a boy who is woken up at night to go into work with his mom and dad, who are night janitors. Mm-hmm. Um, the The family that normally watches the boy uh, at night when mom and dad have their shift uh, is not able to watch. And so they go in together and uh, dad and mom make up this fantastical story of the kingdom uh, that exists in this office um, and how they (laughs) just how commerce works. It's, it's beautiful. There's a lot of love in it. Um, And, and I think it really speaks to how we all have a role to play. Uh, And I think hard, of course, about all of those people working um, even harder to get every corner of every office and school and classroom and, and business clean and and clear of of this virus so mm-hmm. uh my heart goes to them for sure um that's amazing um my book then my next book is the power of her pen it's the story of groundbreaking journalist ethel l Payne, and it's written by lisa klein ransom and it's illustrated by john para and it is about uh ethel Payne, who is a journalist during the time um i think she's born in like the 40s or 50s um and so i think it's just a really good book. I, I highlighted it because I feel like, and we we're going to talk about another book about journalists later on. Journalists are the life's blood of um, like the knowledge and information flow right now in this time. And we are really dependent as the people who are trying to figure out what's happening with this virus. We're dependent on great journalism and caring journalism and thoughtful journalism and critical journalism. And so I think highlighting for children the role that journalists and, and good information play, I think is such a um, a, an important thing right now. I agree. Why don't I mention that other book? It's called I Can Write the World. Ugh. It's by Jashunda Sanders and it's illustrated by Charlie Palmer. It's about a girl who um, hears sirens outside her apartment in Brooklyn, um, sees on TV uh, a police officer arresting a young black girl. Uh, and she comments about how that girl looks the same age as me. Uh, and I wonder what she did or if she did anything. Uh, it's about uh, a girl who wants to go out into the world and report what she sees. Her uh, mom also speaks to telling her truth and speaks to the music that was the heart of 
of the city, including hip hop and and um, other influences. It's a beautiful book, uh, and is it is about how children can also take up their pens and and write what they see mm-hmm. and tell their stories. I imagine so many children will have a lot to share about what this experience is is like to to be under these new circumstances. So. Yeah, yeah I think I'm glad that I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah, and I think for especially for kids, it's important times to tell them that you know, like, and to remind them that everyone can write, everyone has a story, um, and that their their view of this, what's happening to them, even as they're at home and staying at home, their view is as important as anyone else's, and that their story is really relevant um, to what we say about this time later on, right? Like, I want to hear from kids about what it was like to stay at home during this <laughs> this unprecedented time. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, oh, Front Desk. I um, So we've talked about Front Desk before. It's by Kelly Yang. Um, and it focuses on Mia Tang. And her parents are immigrants who clean rooms at the um, Cala Vista Motel. And, of course, again, as you mentioned earlier, Matthew, I, you know, p- there are people who are every day having to get up and go and clean um, hotels, clean office buildings, clean the grocery stores. Um, and so I think it's really great to highlight this. Um, and a lot of those people are undocumented immigrants, right? People who do not have a lot of the protections that our society can give them, which is what this book is also talking about. Um, and so I, I love this book. I think it's a sweet, good book. So Front Desk by Kelly Yang. I love that. <laughs> I love that we could bring up Kelly Yang's book just about every episode every of the show. Episode. It's, it's, <laughs> It's such a book that connects in all these different facets, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, let me bring us to um, those workers that work in in waste removal. Um, this is beautiful new picture book that just came out this month uh, called or last month called Green Machine, the slightly gross truth about turning your food scraps into green energy. It's by Rebecca Donnelly. The illustrations are by Christoph Jakes. And I, at first I thought I was, when I got this book, I thought, oh, I'm reading a book about recycling and recycling is super important too. But to hear all of the hands that take our food waste and Mm -hmm. turn it into, turn it into fuel, turn it into ways that we can care more for the earth and the way that that affects everything, that kind of work is still going on now in waste removal and recycling removal and compost removal. And um, it just, it, it's it's a really cool time to learn in more detail what these jobs look like, mm-hmm. what they entail. Um, and, and knowing that people are continuing to do these jobs to help, to help all of us function, to help the world keep going and not have trash pile up. And yeah. not it's just it's just fascinating to me, and what a beautiful book, really well written book to break that down. That's exciting. I don't know about you and your house, but I've been so much more aware of food and food waste in this time of quarantine than I probably have ever been and needed to be uh, before this, and like making sure that I use all the scraps yeah. of everything at the house, and and so that we don't have to go back to, out to the grocery store. So yeah, we um we have a border fence that's been around our house forever since we've moved in like 15 years ago. And um, that was great when we had young kids. That was great when we had a dog, but now we don't have a need for it. So we spent the week 
tearing down that wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> but the posts leave these, you know, two foot deep, I don't know, maybe like four inch wide holes in the ground. And we have composted our, our food waste for years and years. Uh, but we used all of that, all of the soil that we currently have in the compost to fill in those like 14 or 15 holes around oh, our yard. That's amazing. Uh, it was it was perfect. That's and great. um because it's been like an unseasonably warm winter, that food has just broken down uh even more. So we had more soil to be able to use. And you're right, we're eating a lot more fruits and a lot more vegetables even now than than we were before. And so we just continue to generate that compost. And and it's cool to know that there are there are places where we, I do not live in a, in an area where they pick up our compost. They'll pick up yard waste and compost that, but not like our food waste, mm-hmm. uh, as they might in some cities. Uh, but to hear about what that looks like in other cities is super cool. Hey, can I share another uh, story about uh, a, a, a worker of that nature that, that connects with this? Yes, please. Cool. <laughs> all the books, Nicole. All the books. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this wonderful... I, I reached out over Facebook, as I tend to do, to ask all of my friends, what books come to mind for you when we think about helpers? And so many people mentioned this book, and I'm like, well, yeah, that book is phenomenal. It's awesome that you mentioned it. It's called Marvelous Cornelius, Hurricane Katrina and the Spirit of New Orleans by Phil Bildner. It's illustrated by John Para, who you mentioned before for mm-hmm. the power of her pen. He's an iconic Portobello Prey winning illustrator, and um, this is a book about a real man, Cornelius, who continued to work through the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina to get trash removed and get those neighborhoods, especially those underserved neighborhoods, cleaned up and back back to functioning, back to work. Um, beautiful true story and uh it connects again to those folks who help they do the jobs that we don't want to do but we know are so critical Mm -hmm. to how our society functions so it makes me think again nicole of coming out of all of this being even more grateful and, and 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 even more visible showing our gratitude and our respect toward those folks that do these jobs. Um, also, you know, New Orleans is, of course, one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also just such a critical thing to think about. And we'll, um, you know, we'll talk about this in the future, in future episodes, I think. But um, thinking about the, the places in our country that have seen some of the most traumatizing and heavy things and looking at those cities as places to learn from as we are coming out of this crisis, right? Out of, the, out of this COVID crisis, who are the places, who are the cities who have weathered real and, you know, like very real storms and, and figurative storms in the past? And how can we learn um, from the really brilliant minds and the persistent people that live in those places? Um, I, I think when I look at this book, I'm just thinking about how do we learn from New Orleans as we recover from COVID, right? Um, yeah. Right. So I only have a couple more to run off. Do do you have more as well? Yes, I was going to do Whose Hands Are These. Perfect. It's a book that you gave, and I love it. Um, I, I looked it up. It's Miranda Paul. I love Miranda all Paul. things Miranda Paul. beautiful. And it's like, it's got the hands of each of these people in the industries, and a lot of them are the folks that we're thinking about who are helpers right now, right? There's farmers in there, and there's um, like the doctors and nurses, um, and it just 
talking about each of those lines of work and how those hands are are helping us every day, the community helpers who are leading us and helping us every day. So I love this book. Thank you for suggesting it. I'm just the one who's saying it, but I love this. This is lovely. You know, Miranda Paul's work often centers on people helping. She wrote that beautiful book about Little Free Libraries, Mm -hmm. uh, the founder of the Little Free Libraries. She's written um, with her husband, um, Baptiste Paul. She's written books about um, how people get to school, just the helpers everywhere. I feel like Miranda is so good about highlighting that. Um, so yay for whose hands are these. Yes. The ones I want to uh, run off really quick, just to make sure that we have the moment to talk about them. Um, and th- these are also mentioned on Facebook as well, were the Lunch Lady series by Jarrett Krasoska that, you know, focusing on... In this case, it's a superhero lunch lady, <laughs> which is awesome. Great graphic novel series. Which they all are. But to be yes. able to, <laughs> right. But to be able to stop and think about what it means for those people that prepare food for us, that help mm-hmm. get us food. Uh, it's important that we take time. And this is a series that many children know. So to be able to bring them back to that series and be thinking about it during our time at home, I think is a, is a cool thing to think about. Mm-hmm. I also think about uh, a beautiful picture book that I... I absolutely loved interviewing the makers of this book on, on the children's book podcast. It's called My Poppy Has a Motorcycle. You know, it was I written love by this Isabel book. Quintiero. You yeah. know, I love Isabel this Quintiero, book. I love it so much. Illustrated by Zeke Pena. Uh, and it's uh, a book about tradition that dad always brings uh, his daughter out on a motorcycle um, after work to go around the neighborhood. It is a story about gentrification, but it's also a story about um, those workers that work in construction to build our neighborhoods, which mm-hmm. continues to happen. Yes. So um, what a beautiful book to be centering. I think about, for the very young, um, Tinyville Town, that series by Brian Biggs. It's been running since maybe 2015 or 16. There's many, many books in the series, but it's it highlights all of these different individuals that work in communities. It's sort of, to go back to Mr. Rogers, it's sort of like when Mr. Rogers would go and visit all these different spots in the neighborhood. Let me go mm-hmm. visit, introduce you to my new neighbor. Uh, it's sort of like that. So I, I appreciate that whole series. But a place I thought I would end because of that quote that we started with was all of a sudden and forever help and healing after the Oklahoma City bombing by Chris Barton. It's illustrated by Nicole Hsu. And the reason why I bring that up is for a quote in that book. When tragic things happen in our world, as um, Mr. Rogers' mom said, look for the helpers. And this is a book that points out looking for the helpers. The quote I wanted to share with you uh, goes like this. Some of those helpers themselves were hurting, maybe from the bombing, maybe from something else that had happened to them before. Helpers often know how it feels to be in need And they know from their own difficult times what kinds of aid might be needed. Mm. I, um, this book, again, like many, I think that it's, this is my word of the day. It's profound how Mm -hmm. these books have all of a sudden new context in viewing the world through the lens we are viewing it now. Mm -hmm. But I think that all the books we shared today are important and more so, as you said, I think all the people that are being highlighted and all the ones that we didn't have a chance to mention today that are being highlighted in, in, in how we have needs that are being met 
are so important and we are so grateful for the thankless work that you are doing every day to help provide for the millions of us billions around the world thank you thank you for your help yes yes thank you um and we know that those people also have children at home who have are not going to school right now and so um we're just thinking about how we as a community can continue to support them as they're doing this amazing work and hopefully our little podcast is some way to help um the kids whose parents are going to work every day um have access to books that are thinking about them and highlighting their lives and um yeah yes so thank you all for joining us today as always we would love your feedback on this podcast. We always appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please. When you do that, it also helps It also helps other people find us. That's how algorithms work. You can find <laughs> me with no algorithm at all. Just <laughs> Matthew Winner on Twitter. <laughs> you can also find me without an algorithm um, on Twitter at IttyBittyNY. If you have a story idea, reach out to us on social media using hashtag KidLitTheseDays or email us at KidLitTheseDays at BookRiot.com. We would love to hear what you're thinking about and what you would like to hear next on the show. And on that note, may your coming days be storied and may your good stories keep on coming. Mm-hmm.